Welcome to Zichud Avsi, my name is Ram Goldar, and today we're going to talk about the Gimel, the end of the seventh parak Maruba, and the beginning of the eighth parak Achovel. This stuff has been dedicated as a schus, but the Rufur Shleimah for Achobas Vega. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Mishnah Daf Ein Tes Amabe stated, One may not raise a dog unless it's bound with chains. Bryce adds that one may raise a dog near the border of a neighboring nation for protection and should tie it up by day and release it by night. One who raises dogs is like one who raises pigs and is included in the rabbi's curse for raising swine. Rabbi Dostai Abiri Darshan, the Pasuk, when the Aaron rest, Moshe would say, Return Hashem to the myriad thousands of Yisrael. This teaches that the Shechina does not rest upon a group of Jews fewer than 2,002 myriads, meaning 22,000. Thus, if there was such a group minus one, and there was a pregnant woman capable of completing the number, but a dog barked at her and she miscarried, it emerges that this owner caused the Shechina to depart from Israel. Point number two, the eighth parak begins, one who wounds his fellow, can be liable on his account for five things, benezik for damage, betzar for pain, beripui for healing, beshevis for unemployment, uboshes and for humiliation. The Mishnah elaborates, Nezik damages are assessed by evaluating the victim as a slave sold in the market by appraising what his value would be before and after the injury. Number two, Tsar pain is paid even if there's no physical damage and is assessed based on how much the victim would accept to suffer such pain. Number three, Ripui, the damage must fund his healing, including sores which develop because of the injury. If the wound healed and returned, he must pay until it's completely healed. For Shevis, if the victim lost his hand or foot and that loss was already compensated for, unemployment is assessed by his income for watching cucumbers, for which he's still capable. He's compensated for his recovery period when he cannot even perform this work. And number five, Bosha's humiliation is assessed based on the humiliator, a lowlier individual inflicts greater embarrassment, and the one humiliated, the greater his stature, the greater his humiliation. And pointing with you, the Gemara as since the Torah says, Ein takas ein, an eye for an eye, I should say he means he literally must lose his eye and not pay money. So Bryson compares Maka Adam, one who strikes a man, and Maka Behema, one who strikes an animal, teaching. That just as one who strikes an animal makes monetary compensation, one who strikes a person also makes monetary compensation. Later, this is explained as the Gezer Shava between a Pasuk about striking an animal and one about striking a person. The Bryson concludes that if the Gezer Shava is inadequate, because perhaps it should be learned from striking a man to death, where the murderer is actually killed, it may be darshan from, You shall not accept a ransom for the life of a murderer who is deserving to die, implying that only for murder is a ransom not accepted. But you shall accept the ransom for ends of limbs that do not regenerate, meaning payment is made instead of losing a limb. This thrush alone is insufficient, though, for one could think the assailant can choose his limb instead of paying. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishan Daf Ein Tes Amabe stated, One may not raise a dog unless it's bound with chains. Bryce adds that one may raise a dog near the border of a neighboring nation for protection and should tie it up by day and release it by night. One who raises dogs is like one who raises pigs and is included in the rabbi's curse for raising swine. But Dostai Abiri Darshan, the Pasuk, when the Aaron rested, Moshe would say, Return Hashem to the myriad thousands of Yisrael. This teaches that the Shechina does not rest upon a group of Jews fewer than 2,002 myriads, meaning 22,000. 
Thus, if there was such a group minus one, and there was a pregnant woman capable of completing the number, but a dog barked at her and she miscarried, it emerges that this owner caused the Shekhinah to depart from Yisrael. Point number two, the eighth parak begins, one who wounds his fellow, can be liable on his account for five things, benezek for damage, betzar for pain, beripui for healing, beshevis for unemployment, uboshes and for humiliation. The Mishnah elaborates, Nezik damages are assessed by evaluating the victim as a slave sold in the market by appraising what his value would be before and after the injury. Number two, Tsar pain is paid even if there's no physical damage and is assessed based on how much the victim would accept to suffer such pain. Number three, Ripui, the damage must fund is healing, including sores which develop because of the injury. If the wound healed and returned, he must pay until it's completely healed. For Shevas, if the victim lost his hand or foot, and that loss was already compensated for, unemployment is assessed by his income for watching cucumbers, for which he's still capable. He's compensated for his recovery period when he cannot even perform this work. And number five, Bosha's humiliation is assessed based on the humiliator, a lowlier individual inflicts greater embarrassment, and the one humiliated, the greater his stature, the greater his humiliation. And pointing with you, the Gemara asks, since the Torah says, Ein takas ein, an eye for an eye, I should say he means he literally must lose his eye and not pay money. So Bryson compares Maka Adam, one who strikes a man, and Maka Behema, one who strikes an animal, teaching that just as one who strikes an animal makes monetary compensation, one who strikes a person also makes monetary compensation. Later, this is explained as the Gezer Shava between a Pasuk about striking an animal and one about striking a person. The Bryson concludes that if the Gezer Shava is inadequate, because perhaps it should be learned from striking a man to death, where the murderer is actually killed, it may be darshan from, You shall not accept a ransom for the life of a murderer who is deserving to die, implying that only for murder is a ransom not accepted. But you shall accept the ransom for ends of limbs that do not regenerate, meaning payment is made instead of losing a limb. This drasha alone is insufficient, though, for one could think the assailant can choose his limb instead of paying. All right, so now it's time to go to our simmer. Peg Our standard simmon is a pogo stick. A pogo stick. So here goes. The boy on the pogo stick, being chased by a dog, jumped past the chamishadvarim basin, where a man who was assaulted and lost his eye walked out with cash compensation. Once again, some motion. The boy on the pogo stick, pogo stick, that must be run off. Peg Gimel. The boy of the pogo stick being chased by a dog, which reminds us, the Mishan Dav Ein Tesamabe stated, One may not raise a dog unless it's bound with chains. Bryce adds that one may raise a dog near the border of a neighboring nation for protection and should tie it up by day and release it by night. One who raises dogs is like one who raises pigs and is included in the rabbi's curse for raising swine. So the boy in the pogo stick being chased by a dog jumped past the Chamisha Dvarim Basin, which reminds us, the eighth parak begins, one who wounds his fellow, can be liable on his account for five things, benezek, damage, sar, pain, ripui, healing, sheves, unemployment, and boshes, humiliation. The Mishnah elaborates on each one. So the boy in the pogo stick being chased by a dog jumped past the Chamisha Dvarim Basin, where a man who was assaulted and lost his eye walked out with cash compensation, which reminds us the Gemara brings sources that Ein Tachas Ein, eye for eye, means monetary payment. So once again, the boy in the pogo stick being chased by a dog jumped past the Chamisha Dvarim Basin, where a man who was assaulted and lost his eye walked out with cash compensation. All right, so now it's time for Forbalabach Hazar. Dafein Tess. So the Simmer Dafein Tess is a pen, and we often use a sofa with a quill. So here goes. 
There's Shomer who did Mashiach on the Sofer's cow. Sofer? That must be run off. Ayin Tess, eight, pen. The Shomer who did Mashiach on the Sofer's cow to guard it until it was to be shechted and its skin would be used as parchment, which reminds us that we learned Mashiach was also instituted for Shomrim, so that a Shomer does not assume responsibility for the item before doing Mashiach and is not liable as soon as he agrees to watch it. So the Shomer who did Mashiach on the Sofer's cow to guard it until it was to be shechted and its skin would be used as parchment was held up by a gosling out in the open who didn't fear him. Or Hashem, which reminds us, Reyochem and Zakai explained why the Torah was stricter with a ganav to be careful in Dalvehei. This Gazlan equated the servant's honor to his master's honor by fearing no one. And this Ganab did not equate the servant's honor with his master's honor by being afraid of men, but not of Hashem. Rabbi Gamaliel compared it with two people who made a feast, one who invited the townsfolk, but not the king's sons, and the other who invited neither. The punishment of the former gave more respect to the townsfolk is greater. So the Shomer who did Mashiach on the Sofer's cow to guard it until it was to be shechted and its skin would be used as parchment was held up by a goslin out in the open who didn't fear him or Hashem. While a humiliated gun of carrying a sheep on his shoulder snuck by who would only be chayv, Dawud, which reminds us, Tanaim explained why one pays fivefold for stealing and shechting or selling an ox, but only fourfold for a sheep. Rabbi Yochum and Zakai said, Bore habrios. Come and see how great is human dignity. For an ox, which walked with the thief on its own feet, he pays fivefold. But for a sheep which he carried on his shoulders, humiliating himself, he pays only fourfold. Daf Pei, so the similar Daf Pei is a painter. So here goes. The sad painter, painter, that must be in Daf Pei. The sad painter painting pictures of his sheep and goats he had to sell on the walls of his studio, which reminds us, on the previous stuff, the Mishnah stated, One may not raise small domesticated animals in Eretz Israel because of their tendency to wander into and graze in other people's property. In Abraisa was taught, Rosh Hashanah, a shepherd who has repented from raising small animals in Eretz Israel, we do not obligate him to sell them all immediately, which might prevent him from selling them for fear of financial loss. Rather, he may sell them little by little. So the sad painter painting pictures of the sheep and goats he had to sell on the walls of his studio didn't notice the black cat son of a white cat attack his little son's hand, which reminds us, the Gemara waits, that a cat once cut off the hand of a child, whereupon Rav declared publicly, it's permitted to kill a cat, it's forbidden to keep it, it has no prohibition against stealing it, and concerning it, there's no obligation of returning a lost item to its owner. So the sad painter painting pictures of his sheep and goats he had to sell on the walls of his studio didn't knows the black cat son of a white cat attack his little son's hand by the door that never opened since the day he got the notice that his appointment to get smicha was cancelled. Which reminds us, the Gemara quotes three statements from the sons of Rapapa, one of them being, A door which is closed on a person's success will not quickly be opened. Marzutra explains it refers to smicha ordination, meaning if someone was supposed to receive smicha but was prevented, it will not be easily achieved. Daf Payov, so the simon Daf Payov is a grandpa. So here goes. The grandpa, grandpa, that must be more on Daf Payov. The grandpa posting a sign with ten conditions for when his grandchildren divide his property, which reminds us it was taught in the Brisa Asar Tanaim Hisna Yeshua. Yeshua stipulated ten conditions with Kalah Yisrael when dividing Eretz Yisrael and then goes on to list them. 
So the grandpa posting a sign with ten conditions for when his grandchildren divide his property, who saw two great rabbis walk along the side of his field to avoid the obstacles on Bavel Street, which reminds us, the Gemara relates that Shmuel and Rabbi Yehuda were walking on the road in Bavel, and Shmuel turned to the side of the road to avoid the obstacles in the road. Rabbi Yehuda asked if Yeshua's conditions apply in Bavel, and Shmuel replied, Shani Omer, Yes, because I say they apply even abroad, and certainly in Bavel. So the grandpa posting a sign with ten conditions for when his grandchildren divide his property, who saw two great rabbis walk along the side of his field to avoid the obstacles on Bavel Street, didn't realize that one of his grandkids had gotten lost in the vineyard until the kid cut his way through and appeared, which reminds us, a bright illustrates Yeshua's ninth condition. Manu sees his friend lost among the vineyards, should cut his way through up and down until he reaches the city or the road. And so it is when he himself is lost among the vineyards. So the similar Dav Pei base is peanut butter. So here goes. During the Monday morning Kriyasatora on the peanut farm, peanut farm, that must be off pay base, peanut butter. During the Monday morning Kriyasatora on the peanut farm, as the Pasuk about the Yid not finding water for three days was read, which reminds us, the Gemara lists ten takanas which Ezra enacted, one of which is Vakorn B'Sheni B'Chamishi. They read from the Torah Monday and Thursday. The Gemara said this was instituted much earlier when the Jews were traveling in the desert. The Pasuk says they went for three days, but did not find water. And this is darshaned in Mayim El Torah. Water is only intended to refer to Torah. So why then is it referred to as Ezra's enactment? The right answer is that the original enactment only required one person reading three psukim, or three people reading three, corresponding to the three groups of Jews, Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. Ezra instituted that three people read a total of ten psukim, corresponding to the Asara Batlanim, the ten unoccupied men of the city. So, during the Monday morning Kriyasator on the peanut farm, as the Pasuk about the Yid not finding water for three days was read, a man barged in and said that his wife got peanut butter stuck in her hair and was having a hard time combing it out, which reminds us, Ezra's eighth takana was, that a woman shall comb her hair to remove any chatzitza and then immerse herself in the mikvah. The Gemara said this requirement is a derisa and answers that derisa one would only be required to examine the hair, for perhaps it's knotted or somewhat dirty, thereby invalidating the tefillah because of a chatzitza. Ezra Institute that women comb their hair to ensure that there's no chatzitza. So, during the Monday morning Kriyasator on the peanut farm, as the Pasuk about the Yid not finding water for three days was read, a man barged in and said that his wife got peanut butter stuck in her hair and was having a hard time combing it out, and said he noticed a pig in a peanut sack hanging on a rope on the outside wall, which reminds us, the Mishan Daf Ein Tes Amabe stated, One may not raise swine anywhere. This is based on the incident when Hyrcanus was besieging his brother Astaboas in Yushalayim, when the besiegers put a swine into the basket that was meant for the lamb that would be used for the daily avoda, and it stuck its hooves into the wall, and Eretz Yisrael shook, 400 parsa. At that time they declared, Cursed is the man who raises swine. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which is the thing about Yeshua's 10 to 9 for dividing the land? That's on Duff. Payoff. Good number two, which Duff we have the mission that lists the Chamisha Dvarim, the five payments that one is high for personal injury? That's on Duff. Pay Gimel. Good number three, which Duff do you learn the difference between a Gazlan and a Ganov and why a Ganov pays Kefal and all the hay? That's on Duff. Ein test. Good number four. Which stuff does Gamor discuss the issue of raising dogs in Eretz Yisrael? That's on Duff. 
Pegamo. Good number five. Which stuff do we learn about Ezra's Takana of Kriya Satora on Mondays and Thursdays? That's on Dav. Pebes. Good number six. Which of the women one may not raise domesticated animals in Eretz Yisrael? And if one did, he may sell them little by little. That's on Dav. Pay. Good number seven. Which stuff brings the sources that Ein Tachas Ein, Ein for an eye, is understood to mean cash compensation? That's on Dav. Good number eight. Which one about Ezra's Takana that a woman must comb her hair to ensure there's no chatzitza before Tevila? That's on Dav. Pebeis. Good number nine. Which other one that Mashiach was also instituted for Shomrim? That's on Dav. Ein test. Good. Number ten. Which stuff do we discuss? Owning cats. That's on Dav. Pay. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ramkoldhar from Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.